You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. I seek refuge, uh, I seek refuge with Allah from Satan the accursed. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the most. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you and welcome again to another breakfast show. You are joined uh, by myself, Tukir, and also here with the studio with me, uh, Imam Jalees Khan here in the studio, Voice of Islam. Assalamualaikum, how are you doing this morning? Welcome, Salam, peace be upon you. I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing very well. How's, how's the drive this morning or... Uh, how how did you come in? So um, interestingly, um, I I came down from Scotland last night, uh, <laughs> late, late night. Um, so yeah, um, that was a that was a trip and a half. Uh, I drove down uh, roughly eight hours. Um, so I came came over here um, in the Bedfordu complex, the biggest mosque wow. Um, wow. in uh, Western Europe. So uh, we we came over here. Oh, sorry, I I I, I drove down and uh, yeah. Uh, I slept over here. Oh wow! Uh, just to make it in time for the breakfast show. Wow! Uh, yeah. Wow! That's a dedication. Um, so I'm also going to Liverpool um, oh. tonight. Yeah. Uh, so there's a MDA Muslim Youth Association event yep. which is taking place in Liverpool tomorrow, yep. and uh, particularly um, in this time, uh, we're focusing on educating the youth mm-hmm. on uh, various aspect in terms of. Um, how they can learn more about their faith yep. how they can propagate more about their faith if someone asks them regarding certain doctrines within the community uh, they should be well equipped of course the youth so in, it is just educating in that sense so yeah. um, a, a team of us are going to Liverpool uh, for that very purpose so yeah that's that's what's happening that's quite exciting <laughs> for you as well I guess yeah yeah well, well, another thing is very ex- exciting is that uh, uh, so as as our listeners know as well that uh, I serve in the central work for department and as I've explained as well that this is the department which was initiated by the fourth caliph of the MDA Muslim community Azam mm. Zatahir and may Allah have uh, Allah the Almighty have mercy on him mm-hmm. and uh, the whole purpose of this scheme uh, which he inaugurated in 1987 was that parents they dedicate their children um, to the propagation of their faith yeah. and when those children when they've excelled in their particular field when they've, whether they've become doctors whether they've become engineers whether they've become missionaries you know once they've completed it uh, they can then choose to serve within the community and we have yeah. many doctors who are serving in various parts of Africa um, Indonesia all of these places where we do have schools hospitals our brothers and sisters are serving there yeah that's beautiful yeah um, that's so so we actually have a quarterly magazine mm-hmm. um, and uh, you're also you've also taken your time on you've interviewed <laughs> yeah. so you've talked about some of the work that you're doing so uh, that that is uh, that that is in the pipeline it's mm-hmm. coming out very soon sure. so i would uh, urge the listeners as well to do tune into that uh, the magazine itself is called ismail magazine uh, yeah do, do let us know listen to the interview in there of Imam Jalis Khan let I'll us be, know what you think I know I'll be waiting for this one so yeah <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> definitely uh, yeah so that's uh, with regards to uh, what is the agenda for today 
we have a very packed show for our listeners this morning. Uh, the first segment that we'll be looking at is the um, the Muslim community donates 750 gift baskets to the vulnerable. Uh, this is something which the initiative which took place this winter um, and uh, uh, Akbar Bart, who is the Amdiya Muslim Youth Association UK's Director for Charity and Welfare, he will be joining us. He'll be telling mo- us more about this initiative. Um, so that will be from 7.30 to 8.15. That's the first segment. And uh, we'll also be listening to Edson uh, M- Masunda, who is a community fundraiser for Marie Curie, uh, based in Yorkshire, covering Bradford and the Mary Curry uh, Bradford uh, Hospice. So we will be uh, listening to her. And uh, for the second segment, uh, it's a very interesting topic, uh, looking at the cricketer who was barred from showing solidarity with Gaza. Uh, so this is a very interesting topic, and uh, mm. it took the n- headlines. Um, and uh, for this segment, we'll, we'll be listening to Professor uh, Bill Borrowing, who teaches human rights and international law at uh, at Birkbeck College, University of London. Uh, so we'll be listening to uh, Professor Bill uh, from eight fifteen to nine. So yeah, that's that is the agenda for the show this morning. Um, how about yourself, uh, Imam Jalis? What else you've been up to this week um, what sort of activities have been happening with regards to your department yes absolutely um, in terms of our department um, as busy as ever um, we're getting uh, uh, frequent calls from um, our so for, for those who are not aware um, I do work or I do serve in the new MDs department um, in the UK and uh, we get we get a numerous amount of calls from new MDs and um, other people as well uh, relating to new MDs. So um, a lot of calls are coming in from them. Um, apart from that, this weekend, um, we will be heading off to Coventry. Uh, really excited for that. We're going to be meeting some uh, new MDs over there as well. And uh, we'll be joined by uh, the missionary uh, over there who's in charge of that area um, of Kevin, uh, of uh, Coventry and uh, Leamington Spa. Uh, his name is Shahzad Ahmed, um, a really good missionary over there. Um, so, yeah, really excited to see him as well and uh, to visit his new MDs and see how they're doing and uh, make sure everything's make sure everything's good. And if they need any help, then uh, we are here for them. Um, in any way um, possible, so yeah, definitely really excited for that. I mean, it's it's a very uh, the department itself. One of the main initiatives is that those individuals who have converted and they have accepted Ahmadiyya, the true Islam, mm-hmm. is that there is a specific department which then caters for them and yeah. looks after them as well, yeah. just to make sure if there's anything they need yeah. or so. Literally down the country, you're just literally monitoring and overlooking these brothers mm-hmm. and sisters who have converted and uh, just making sure if everything is okay yeah. if they need anything Absolutely. So, uh, it, it, I mean it, in self I guess it is a lot of tasks there right because yeah. um, you have to cater for so many yeah. individuals no definitely that's exactly the case um, you'll be you'll be surprised to hear that um, actually you, you might not be even our listeners that when someone converts, and obviously um, they have to leave their old religion behind and even make some 
sacrifices and changes in their lives, it's 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 a massive massive thing. It's it's, it's not something that we can just take lightly. So um, that's why this this institution, this this department, is here for the the converts, the new MDs, just to make sure you know, like this this transition is as comfortable as possible. And if there's anything that we can do from our side, um, we are here for them and we are here to help. And uh, I think that should. Uh, should be the case um, all year round, and that's why we're here all year round. We're always trying to visit our new MDs, you know, here and there. Um, we're, we really want to visit down Liverpool as well. Uh, so you're <laughs> going to Liverpool as well, so uh, there's a few new MDs I would really like to visit over there. Um, we've got a um, we've got a, a visit planned for uh, Scotland as well coming up, so we'll be heading down there again. Um, yeah, like it's 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 uh, very very it, busy. Huh? Yeah, very, very busy, and uh, it's it's really enjoyable as well, really rewarding. So that's that's fascinating. Um, so as you know, the uh, agenda of the show, this particular half an hour to twenty minutes, we like to go through some of the main news which is happening all around the world. Um, so I just wanted to uh, start off uh, this segment just by looking at the weather. And uh, this from BBC Weather. So the forecast for day today is that today we'll see intensive cloud in England and Wales, but bright spells in Northern Ireland and Scotland, turning uh, overcast and breezy with the odd showers in North Western Scotland in the afternoon. And the forecast for tonight is that tonight a band of rain will move into the Northern Scotland, uh, but run weaker as it reaches Scotland and Northern Ireland and mostly cloudy and dry elsewhere but clear spells in North East England and uh, I guess in this uh, winter period it is very difficult as well uh, with regards to some families as you know um, in the winter weather you're using the heating a lot more yeah. and uh, this is when the bills rise as well and uh, yeah. there are certainly a lot of individuals out there who do find uh, winter very difficult actually in terms of financially yep. as well yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, if you look towards the weather in Scotland it's even more cold over there mm. there's a uh, arctic blast coming there um, this weekend so you know we need to make sure our beloved brothers and uh, sisters in, uh, in Scotland as well uh, keep warm uh, for this period as well definitely absolutely so any other news uh, uh, which is happening with regards to uh, the community, or with regards to anything else around the world. Yeah, so this is again, this is this is roughly around around about the time we do um, these uh, street cleans and obviously other uh, visits to um, elderly homes and care homes. And this is exactly what's happening during this period as well. Uh, we are trying our best to uh, make sure that we are actually um, aiding the community as much as we can, as we always do, as we always try. Um, you're probably aware uh, last week there was. Um, Torrential rain, you know, a, mm. a, a unbelievable amount of rain. I remember I was driving and I was very, very afraid that I might slip, um, my, my car might sw- uh, slip. So this is something that um, the community um, from uh, where, where, where I live, so that's the, the south east of London. Um, so that's uh, our, our community tried our best to make sure that our neighbours are okay. And if they didn't need any mm. help, especially mm. the elderly and the, the vulnerable, we should uh, try and uh, help them out. So what we did was, um, I believe you're also aware of this app called Nextdoor. Um, So we uh, advertised on Nextdoor that if any of our neighbours need any help, then we are here to help. 
and uh, a lot of our uh, youth members, youth workers, our volunteers, they, they, they reached out to a few of our uh, elderly and vulnerable individuals uh, who live in our communities and we tried to help them as, as much as we, pos- uh, as, as we possibly can. Oh, great, fantastic. Uh, no, no, this is an amazing initiative and uh, you know, one thing I'll realize with the Amdi Muslim Youth Association, these events, uh, they occupy and uh, a lot of the youth members who uh, maybe are not as involved, uh, maybe through these initiatives, they, they have an interest to uh, give back to the community. I've yeah. seen a lot of, uh, for example, right now, uh, during the London regions, I'm not sure about the northern regions, but mm. in the London regions, there is the KFL which has started, and this is the mm. uh, Football League uh, oh, yeah. which has okay. started for the youth members. Yep. And uh, a lot of youth members, they actively take part. Um, yeah. And uh, even those individuals maybe who are maybe going through some difficulty in yeah. their life or mm, yeah. they probably are not, they don't consider them that religious, but these sort of events, they it is a great opportunity for them just to come yeah. and uh, you know play some football and uh, just just uh, spend time with their mates yeah. and uh, it's it's really a really good way to de stress as well and yeah. I, I've seen that through these initiatives a lot of the youth members they do yeah. get involved a lot more and they do uh, it does make a difference to these individuals who are maybe going through a tough time or you know they just need someone to talk to and uh, mm-hmm. great initiatives great yeah. initiatives oh definitely um just re- referring back to the the great initiatives um and just touching upon our initiatives up in north uh, we also have uh, this uh, new year's dinner in glasgow uh, in the glasgow mosque um this is what we try to do as much as we can as a community try to bring the community together using interfaith mm-hmm. uh, modes so this is just just one of the the cases here. So we're going to be trying to invite um, dignitaries and neighbours and friends from around the area and try to you know bring them together in the in the mosque, um, have, have have some nice food and just just talk about the current situation and climate and just, uh, yeah, it's just it's just one of our ways to bring the community together. Mm. So um, mm. uh, uh, amazing amounts you know like of of uh, yeah. of initiatives that we try to um, try to put forward for the community. You mentioned the app next door as well. Uh, yes. Recently, I've also been uh, promoting um, our local mosques here and telling the neighbours to actually come and visit them. So I th- last week as well, there was a family that came in. They visited the complex itself, the mosque area, and uh, this family they've been living here for years, and they've said that they've never had a chance to see this, oh. and they've literally seen it built up and yeah. even the fire which took place in 2015 yeah. but they never had a chance to actually oh, wow. see the the Beth of Tu um, mosque the house of victories yeah. so it was amazing to show them around and you know if, if anyone is interested uh, who is maybe near yeah. the London regions you know do reach out to us we'd love to give you a tour of uh, this beautiful complex itself and uh, you know, there's there's so much happening as well in within the mosque. There's so many different departments. Um, I, I personally learn something something new every day, right? There's, yeah. Yeah. So 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 much activity within uh, within the mosque itself. Yeah. Another. Uh, I was going to ask this family that came. Have they ever visited the mosque before? They've not. They've. Oh, wow. they, I I don't think they have visited. This was their first time visiting oh, as well. That's great. So it's very interesting that. Sometimes people even ask the question, 
that uh, we didn't know we were even allowed to enter the mosque. This is a, c- a common question I get asked that uh, um, I'm not Muslim yeah. and I, I thought the mosque was only open for Muslims. Oh. But what's beautiful is that when we look at the teachings of Islam, mm. we find the example of the Prophet, peace be upon him as well, where he yeah. opened his doors for other religious members and representatives mm. to come use our mosque and pray as well. There is the famous narration I always mention of the Christians of Najran who yeah. came to meet the Prophet. Um, and uh, when the time came for their prayers, uh, they became a little agitated, a bit worried that uh, we've come here, uh, but uh, it's time for our prayer and we don't know where to pray. And the Prophet himself very graciously granted his own mosque and he said, you can use the mosque, you can go pray there. So it, it is a very common question. And uh, interestingly as well is that a lot of them, they've not heard the Holy Quran. They've not yeah. heard the recitation of the Quran. So it's it's very interesting that uh, you know you show them these uh, the mosque you show mm. them about uh, t- t- teach them about islam there it's mm. it's very it's interesting as well so yeah uh, if anyone is interested do do take up on yeah, that definitely. you'll you'll find me on <laughs> next door and uh, you can contact them with that um in other news uh this is uh with regards to what's happening with between um, Russia and Ukraine and uh, Britain is to increase Ukraine support uh, to 2.5 billion pounds Rishi Sunaki announces um, uh, so the MP they made the announcement uh, during a rare visit to Ukraine where he also he also uh, signed a new agreement supporting Ukraine's long-term security and officials said that the package will provide Ukraine with long-range missiles, air defense, and uh, artillery shells, and some £200 million will be spent on drones, most of which will be UK-made. And officials said the military package for the next financial year beginning in April would result in the largest delivery of drones to Ukraine by any country. And significantly, the Prime Minister has uh, decided not to to make a financial commitment lasting several years and uh, some ministers and senior military uh, figures had argued privately that this would send a stronger signal to uh, Moscow of uh, Britain's long-term support and instead Sunak has chosen to spend £200 million more than the last two years when the UK's annual military commitment to Ukraine was worth £2.3 billion. Uh, so yeah, that is... Uh, that is news. One particular news item on from BBC News. Oh, thank you so much. I I tried to um, tried to find some you know like wacky type of news you know something that's uh, interesting and uh, something different. Um, so I I came across this news article where this gentleman in New Zealand he got stranded in an island, um, stranded on an island, and uh, it was just, it was quite far away from the from the actual mainland, mm. and uh, he tried to swim. To the to, to to the shore as into the mainland, and he struggled like because the, the, the currents were so like um, so ferocious, he kept mm. get, kept on getting pushed back. This uh, in turn made him just you know I think I think he spent twenty four hours in uh, or on this island, and he used the reflection of his watch 
to get the attention of someone. So he usually try, tried to get the reflection from the sun and tried to get the uh, generate that into his watch and tried to get some attention from um, from anyone. Uh, this actually worked, and a and a, and a fisher um, a fisherman who was going by. He saw this reflection and he actually approached the island and that's how he got saved. Mm. That's that's crazy. I found it really interesting. I don't know. It just it just put me off. Get if I was in that situation, what would I do? I don't know if I would be able to muster up that kind of uh, um, I don't know intelligence. I don't know if you want to call it or um, just you know thinking outside the box. You know, yeah. like, so it just, just made me think. I don't know what what would you do, uh, brother Tukir. So tr- it's it's oh. a tricky one in the morning, isn't it? It's, it's not the best. I try to swim first. Try to swim first, but uh, but it's uh, I think in that in that sort of situation, you know, there is that phrase that um, necessity is the mother of invention. That's the one. That's and, the one. And uh, you know, in these sort of situations, it is a uh, fight or flight yeah. sort of situation. So. It's it's remarkable that uh, what you know your your capacities, uh, you wouldn't be able to realize that you know what sort what you could accomplish in that sort of situation yeah. where it is a must. Um, but yeah, it's it, yeah. It's, uh, it's a great great initiative from him that yeah. sort of saved yeah. his life. So yeah, uh, funnily enough, I do believe the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He he put some stress on. On swimming as well, so it, it just it just shows that you you never know when you need to when you need to, to swim. So I think I urge the our listeners to definitely look, go out and learn how to swim. I don't know. Um, after this, I'll definitely be taking a few lessons. I don't know. <laughs> no, great. Thank you so much for that. Um, there is uh, other news as well with regards to uh, are, you, are you following the Premier League yourself? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. There's a few. Uh, I think uh, EFL Cups so or the Carabao Cup games that happened uh, this week. Um, I do believe Chelsea lost one uh, nil, and uh, apart from Liverpool had a, had an amazing comeback as well. I I saw the highlights from mm. that. That was that was really good to see. Um, I think the FA Cup. Yeah, the, so the yeah. Liverpool actually won four two against uh, Newcastle, um, and uh, then we know that Arsenal it lost to Fulham. Oh my god! It lost to Fulham, and uh, also um, Manchester United uh, lost to Nottingham uh, Forest. So uh, the currently the table right now for the Premier League is that. Uh, Liverpool is at the top yeah. uh, then Ashton Villa and then uh, Man City is third and Arsenal which started off really well yeah. they were actually top of the uh, of the table uh, they've taken to the fourth position so yeah let, let, let's that, see how it goes that's horrible you know what's interesting is that West Ham is, uh, is number six um, one of my colleagues who studied in uh, in my school, he actually plays for West Ham now. Really, who is it? You you would be surprised who who is. Is a board. It's uh, it's it's one of the players. Um, I, I don't know. I forgot his name, but he he's one of, <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the main players for West Ham, and he and he went to my school. No way. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be. Uh, it can't be Paqueta, can it? <laughs> Paqueta the Brazilian did he go to your school so it was um, uh, I don't have 
I'm gonna have to look it up. I'm okay. gonna have to look it up. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he actually went to my school. Uh, yes, it is Michael Antonio. No way. Michael Antonio. He he went to my school. That's amazing. He went to South Wales uh, Community College, um, which is now known as South Wales Academy. That's a very prestigious uh, school, right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm quite su- surprised. He was. Uh, he was. He wasn't in my year. I think he was uh, one or two years senior. But uh, yeah. Now, now he's. Uh, he's. He's a very good football player. Yeah. He's very strong. I remember last season he was on fire. I don't know if he. Had, I don't think he's had that many games this season. But last yeah. season he was on fire. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Did, did yeah. you ever play for them? Uh, I don't remember, but maybe I did. <laughs> maybe, maybe I did. Yeah, I guess that's one of those ones. I guess. Yeah. So that is it from our news uh, news uh, section. Uh, do uh, join us after the break. Uh, we'll be going into our main segment. We'll be looking at uh, Ahmadiyya Muslim Community. It donates seven hundred fifty gift baskets to the vulnerable. Uh, we'll be listening to uh, Akbar Bhatt, who is the Ahmadiyya Muslim Youth Association's Director for Charity and Welfare. Uh, so do join us after the break. And remember, you can call us on 0208687 So we'll be back shortly after this break. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Writings of the Promised Messiah, Salam. The time is approaching when God will grant worldwide popularity to this movement, and this dispensation will spread in the East and the West, and the North and the South, and in the world. Islam and this movement will become synonymous terms. This is a revelation from God on high, for whom nothing is impossible. Al-Malik The Sovereign The one with complete dominion The one whose dominion is clear from imperfection Say, O Allah, Lord of Sovereignty Thou givest sovereignty to whomsoever thou pleasest 
and thou takest away sovereignty from whomsoever thou pleasest. Selections from the writings of the promised Messiah, upon whom be peace, the founder of the Ahmadiyya movement in Islam. I look always with wonder at this Arab prophet, whose name is Muhammad, thousands of blessings and peace be upon him. How exalted his status was. One cannot perceive the ultimate limit of his station, and it is not within the scope of man to fully comprehend the depth and penetration of his ennobling qualities. Alas, due recognition has not been paid to his lofty rank. That unity which had disappeared from the world was restored by this same valiant champion. He loved God most intensely. So also his soul was being consumed in deep sympathy for mankind. That is why God, who was fully aware of the hidden excellences of his heart, exalted him above all the prophets and all the people of the past and the future and fulfilled his heart's desires in the span of his lifetime. Life of Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Treatment of neighbours. Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, always treated his neighbours with extreme kindness and consideration. He used to say that the angel Gabriel had emphasised consideration towards one neighbours so often that he sometimes began to think that a neighbour would perhaps be included among the prescribed heirs. Abu Dhar, peace be upon him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said to him, Abu Dhar, while broth is being cooked for your family, add a little more water to it so that your neighbour might also share in it. This does not mean that the neighbour should not be invited to share in other things, but as the Arabs were mostly a migratory people and their favourite dish was broth, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, referred to this dish as a typical one and taught that one should not think so much of the taste of the food as of the obligation to share it with one's neighbour. Abu Huraira, peace be upon him, relates, On one occasion the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, exclaimed, I call God to witness that he is not a believer. I call God to witness that he is not a believer. I call God to witness that he is not a believer. The companions inquired, Who is not a believer, O Messenger of Allah? And he replied, He whose neighbour is not secure against injury and ill treatment at his hands. On one occasion, when he was addressing women, he said, If anybody finds only the foot of a goat to cook, that person should share it with his or her neighbour. He asked people not to object to their neighbours driving pegs into their walls or putting them to any other use which occasioned no injury. Abu Huraira, peace be upon him, relates, The Prophet said, He who believes in God and in the Day of Judgment should occasion no inconvenience to his neighbour. He who believes in God and in the Day of Judgment should occasion no inconvenience to his guest. And he who believes in God and in the Day of Judgment should utter only words of virtue or should keep quiet. Muslim You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Thank you for joining in this morning. In the Voice of Islam Radio, you are joined by myself, 
Jalees Khan and uh, my brother Imam Tokir is with me as well. Um, Tokir, so we are absolutely excited to to, to invite um, or to, to to have a chat with uh, Akbar, brother Akbar, um, who is in charge of the what was he um, in charge of again? His he's the director of his 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 title is the director of he is the director for charity and welfare. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And uh, uh, funnily enough, this uh, this the scheme that uh, we have. So the topic is that the fact that the Ahmadiyya Muslim community donate 750 gift baskets to the vulnerable. I was actually present. Um, uh, I actually <laughs> packed one uh, basket as well. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is this is something that uh, I, I saw uh, with my own eyes. Uh, a lot of our youth members, they volunteer, they sacrifice their time to pack these uh, these baskets for uh, the, the vulnerable. And this is amazing. Seven hundred and fifty baskets. I saw the I, I saw these uh, these uh, well, um, our brothers, our very young brothers, um, helping out as much as we can. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's it, was, it was amazing. Um, had a few. Uh, uh, I, had, I had a chat with Akbar Saab as well, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you know, it did make the headlines as well. Uh, it, the, the Independent News covered this, um, and uh, just a little gist of the story is that uh, the members of the Amdi Muslim community they provided um, some festive joy over Christmas weekend by delivering gift baskets to the vulnerable people, and on the twenty fourth of December on Sunday. Um, the youth, uh, in collaboration with charities, uh, Marie Curie and Humanity First, they gave baskets to more than 700 people across 40 UK towns and cities, including Birmingham and Ma- Manchester. So yeah, this is a great initiative which uh, which has taken place, um, and uh, we we are delighted to have with us on uh, on the show. Um, Mr. Edson uh, Masunda, who is a community fundraiser for Marie Curie, based in Yorkshire, covering Bradford, and also in uh, in uh, Bradford Hospice. Um, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, hello, good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you for joining us. Um, can you tell us the listeners uh, a bit about the organisation? Marie Curie and uh, how it was set up. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Marie Curie is uh, the UK's leading end-of-life charity. Uh, we're there for anyone with an illness that they're likely to die from and uh, for mm. uh, those close to them. Our medical teams provide expert care in patients' own homes and from our nine UK hospices. We also provide free practical and emotional support over the phone and online uh, for anyone affected by dying, death, and bereavement. Uh, the charity has been going for 75 years. Um, um, it was um, uh, set up 75 years ago, so uh, last year was uh, actually our 75th uh, anniversary. We were originally set up as a, a cancer care, uh, hence uh, the name that we took uh, from Marie Curie, but now we support mm-hmm. people with any illness that they're likely to die from. Uh, and our name changed uh, 10 years ago to just Marie Curie. And if someone wants to get in contact, what's the best way to do so? Um, most people we care for are referred by uh, a GP, district nurse, or other health services. 
but our free support line is available to anyone anywhere in the country. Um, it offers practical and clinical information and emotional support for those living uh, with uh, uh, or caring for someone with a terminal illness or have experienced bereavement. Uh, the actual contact number is 0800-090-2309. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I have another question from my side, and then I'll pass the mic on to my um, colleague. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, why is it necessary that uh, not only the person suffering from an illness gets support, but also their family? Why do you think that is important? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, supporting loved ones who are living with a terminal illness or coping with uh, the death of someone close to you can be incredibly difficult. So it's it's important that they, they, they get support. Thank you. Um, good morning. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you, uh, Mr. Edson. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning, first and foremost. Um, so my question is, uh, as we're aware, as we're talking about it right now this morning as well, uh, recently, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has helped with donating gift baskets to the vulnerable. Um, I just wanted to find out how have these donations helped Mary Curie and um, have, uh, how have they been used? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. Um, so our nursing teams have given these uh, to patients or family members of patients who may be struggling. Uh, it's just a little bit of extra kindness that can really mean a lot to people who are going through a very difficult time. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, they were given to patients and their families, uh, families across our hospices. Well, that's that's really good. Um, yeah, that, that that that's amazing. Uh, I really wanted to know: um, is, is there anything else that our listeners um, can do to support this charity? Absolutely. So uh, donations are always uh, welcome, but also volunteering, fund uh, fundraising, collecting, etc. Uh, we have our flagship campaign, the Great Daffodil Appeal, that runs throughout March. So we're mm. always on the outlook for collectors to sign up and help with our collections yeah. across the UK. Uh, information about volunteering, fundraising, collecting, etc., can be found on our website, which mm -hmm. is mariecurie.org.uk. Well, that's that, that, that's amazing. Is, is it possible if you can just repeat the email address, please? Uh, yes, sure. It's mariecurie.org.uk. That, that's that's great. Thank you so much. And, and I want to ask you, how has the work been like during this winter period? Because I know that, uh, especially during the winter period, it, it does get difficult for certain mm -hmm. families, um, especially a lot of you know, the financial costs as well during the winter period increases. So how's the work like during this winter period? Uh, we've seen an increase to uh, people ringing our support line, particularly with queries to do with uh, energy support, information about, you know, support that's available out there. And also, you know, Christmas can be a particularly challenging for people mm -hmm. who've recently suffered bereavement. Uh, I, I think the loss of a loved one is, is accentuated at, at that time when you notice that, you know, somebody's not there. So we've had an increase uh, from people, you know, requesting support. Um, but we, we, we've been up to the task and obviously our dedicated mm, yeah. staff uh, have been helping uh, people across the country. Fantastic. No, uh, uh, some great initiatives there and uh, fantastic work that you are doing, yeah. um, Brother Edison Masunda. Uh, yeah, I do, I do believe that you mentioned about your flagship event in March. Um, is there any other events that our listeners could actually look out for that you have coming up maybe even next month or even this month? 
Uh, yes, so in terms of connect- collections, uh, that they're ongoing collections. Yep. So we have collections uh, over the Christmas period in summer and obviously the flagship uh, campaign in March. Uh, depending on wh- where people live, there's also local activities happening. Uh, I would encourage uh, listeners to, to visit our website where you can find more sort of local information uh, on what they can support. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I could uh, definitely hear from your voice that you're very passionate about this, uh, <laughs> this, uh, this, uh, this cause and uh, we really appreciate you taking your time out this morning to join us and impart this uh, beautiful um, uh, this beautiful knowledge that you've actually just uh, told us right now so hopefully our listeners and even ourselves in the, in the, in the studio as well will definitely be getting involved uh, in the future as well um, but yeah thank you so much for joining us Mr Edson um, and hope you have an amazing morning peace be upon you and thank you same to you cheers thank you Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. That's the number to call if you do want to get in touch with us. So, uh, Imam Jalis, a great initiative, uh, yeah, which, which uh, you know, which are, which is taking place. And and you know what the interesting thing is, whenever we're covering these topics, where we're highlighting um, that. Uh, you know, just serving humanity. Yeah. It actually is in line uh, with the teachings of Islam Absolutely. as well, very yeah. much deeply. Um, you know, we know that uh, the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, he's explained very beautifully that yeah. there are two main fundamentals of the Sharia. One is that Hakukullah, that you should give due yeah. rights towards uh, the the Creator Himself. So that means you know, remembering Him, praying towards the Creator, mm. but also Hakukulibad. And Kukulibad uh, meaning means that giving rights to his creation, and that itself yeah. is a form of worship. You know, you're yeah. serving them humanity, yeah. um, and that is a, a, a huge, a core part of Islam as, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, looking at this verse of the Holy Quran is absolutely amazing. Where in chapter three, verse hundred eleven, Allah the Almighty. He states in the name of Allah, the gracious, the most of that, enjoin what is good and forbid what is evil. And uh, this verse, it means that we should adopt goodness and we should promote this uh, within the society and every acts of evil or injustice, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we should shun it. We, we should stay away from it. Yeah. Um, and uh, honestly and truly such profound love you know cannot be attained uh, when a person he does not have purity of his heart yeah. and uh, Allah the Almighty himself says that you know you you pray towards him you try to develop that relationship and through that you will get that purity of heart yeah. as well yeah. um, and uh, interesting uh, there's another verse of the Holy Quran in chapter 51 verse 20 where it says in the name of Allah the gracious the Muslim, that the hallmark of a true Muslim is that he should care for all of God's creation and should comfort and support mm-hmm. those in need whether they seek for help or not and uh, this mm-hmm. is a very interesting verse of the Holy Quran where yeah. Allah the Almighty says that whether they seek for help or not yeah. So it means is that as a Muslim, we should go out there. We should look at those individuals who are actually vulnerable. Not for the not not. It's not their responsibility that they come to us and ask them that they need help. But 
it is the duty of a Muslim that we should find these individuals and then we should support them, we should help them yeah. um, in in our in every effort. Yeah, um, uh, yeah and then uh, the, the, the thing is, if we, for example, look at the, uh, the rights of a neighbor, mm-hmm. um, technically speaking, someone can say that neighbor is just someone who lives next to you, but yeah. the Islam, it says that a neighbor can even be someone who lives... 40 houses from you yeah. those who travel <laughs> alongside you they work alongside you in offices and the the holy quran it lays down the injunction that all of these individuals they have a right upon you and mm-hmm. uh, you should help them in that particular way yeah. and in fact there is a very famous narration of the companions of the holy prophet peace be upon him where they remarked that they said that we thought that perhaps our neighbors would also be entitled to share from our inheritance. Yeah. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he emphasized so much so on uh, on uh, looking after your neighbors that the companions actually thought that maybe uh, you know they they would also be entitled to a share of the yeah. inheritance. So that that yeah. is that's, that's that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just branching off of what you said, um, Hazrat, uh, sorry, um, the promised Messiah. Uh, upon whom be peace has stated uh, in short engage yourselves in prayer and repentance and continue to give charity so that Allah the exalted may treat you with grace and compassion this kind of just encompasses what you said about the the rights owed to man and the rights owed to the creator uh, God Almighty and this is exactly why we we do what we do as Muslims, as Ahmadi Muslims. Mm. You know, I, th- I think I think a lot of our listeners are probably uh, aware now that we are trying to um, do as much as we can for the community. And it must be quite interesting. Okay, wh- wh- why is this? Why why are these Muslims these you know the, this youth association, Ahmadi Muslim Youth Association, um, doing all these things? I mean, well, what are they going to gain? The fact of the matter is, um, Brother Taki, that we, we do this to, to seek the pleasure of God Almighty. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what Muslims do. Um, whether it be these charity events or possibly even we have uh, um, prayers for peace, we have uh, Pathway to Peace, you know, different d- different different initiatives that we take as Muslims, as Ahmadi Muslims. And it's very interesting to see that the early chapters of the Holy Quran, they stress upon taking care for the needy, for the poor. Um, and this is necessary for salvation and natural and uh, national progress, and for uh, the rich to reform themselves. And it, j- it just shows that from the onset of Islam, uh, it shows the importance laid upon helping the needy. Absolutely, and uh, you know it, it actually reminds me of a narration of the early Prophet peace be upon him, mm-hmm. um, that uh, looking after those individuals um, or serving the needy, there is a narration that on the day of judgment Allah he will say to an individual a a party a group of people being addressed at that time he would say to them that I was hungry and you did not feed me Hmm. I was thirsty and you did not give me water I was sick and you did not meet or comfort me and upon this the audience those that group who are being addressed they would reply to Allah the Almighty that oh our Lord Mm-hmm. When was it that you were hungry and we did not feed you? And when was it that you were thirsty and we did not quench your thirst? And we we did not quench your thirst. And when it was, was it that you were sick and we did not comfort you? And in reply to this, 
Allah the Almighty, He will say that a person dear to me was suffering in a way and you did not show any compassion or kindness to him. And to show love to him would actually have been to show love to me. So such a beautiful reply yeah. and uh, it highlights the importance of helping those vulnerable individuals within the society that Allah the Almighty says that had you had fed them, mm. it was it would have been as if you have fed me and if you had given them water, it would have been as if you have quenched my thirst. Yeah. So this is how dear it is to Allah the Almighty to serve the vulnerable. But what's interesting is that in this narration, there will be another community, another group will be addressed and Allah the Almighty will say to them that you showed love and compassion to me. When I was hungry, you fed mm. me. And while I was thirsty, you quenched my thirst. And the members or those individuals being addressed, they will say, uh, they they will say that our Lord, when did we serve you in this way? And we do not know ourselves. And in response, Allah the Almighty will say that when you showed love and compassion to a person dear to me, you are actually manifesting your love for me. And thus, to love Allah's creation mm. is something truly great and deeply appreciated by Allah yeah. the Almighty. So yeah. it uh, just highlights how important it is to serve the needy and vulnerable. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, also it highlights uh, how deeply it is, how dear it is to Allah the Almighty yeah. to, to serve these individuals. Oh, absolutely. You know, this is, this is it's, it's part of Islam. This is it's what we do as Muslims, you know, just try to care, take care of the creation and also keep in mind of the creator as well and just to exalt him as well. Um, I found this really interesting, kind of uh, taking a step back possibly. Um, um, but the... the the Mary Curie International uh, Memorial was formally established uh, on the 6th of July 1948 and uh, shortly afterwards became the Mary Curie Memorial Foundation. And uh, as uh, Mr. Edson mentioned, that they're just known as Mary Curie now. And uh, this was the beginning of the, of the charity that is now known as Mary Curie. And uh, around the same time, um, the fundraising for the new charity started. And this is when Mrs. Alice McPherson donated her diamond engagement ring which sold for £75. So she sacrificed her diamond ring to, um, you know, start the donations and started um, this, uh, this, this, this this concept of charity and, you know, mm. try, trying to give. And this uh, this this woman, Miss, Miss McPherson, Mrs. McPherson, uh, she, she she gave her diamond ring um, for, for, for the sake of this charity. And it kind of reminded me of... Um, of 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 our mosque in, in in London 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 mosque close to Wimbledon, where the the female organisation the female auxiliary they they sacrificed their um, their jewellery um, for the sake of um, the investment in the mosque so that, that so that we could have a mosque and I found this really beautiful that the the that the 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 concept of Mary Curie the inception of Mary Curie was because of this woman who sacrificed her her jewellery. And is very reminiscent of our of our um, female auxiliary who sacrificed um, a lot um, their jewellery um, to so so that we can have a mosque today and and this mosque has been up since I believe nineteen uh, nineteen twenty four if I'm not mistaken um, I'm sorry nineteen twenty six um, I think the the foundation um, uh, foundation uh, the foundations were laid down nineteen twenty four twenty four yeah twenty four yeah that's so correct. so nineteen twenty six I think it was um, it was erected and uh, this 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 is amazing that the that, that the female auxiliary uh, auxiliary they sacrificed their jewellery and what is dear to them 
Absolutely. Um, but yeah, sorry, I just I just thought thought I th- I'd throw this in. Um, found it really interesting that uh, Mrs. McPherson started this off. No, I mean, you know, it's these great initiatives because of that those sacrifices. Yeah. You know, we we know what the organisation in today, and if it didn't have those humble beginnings, yeah. if those individuals didn't take those steps or of sacrifice, then we wouldn't have the organisation as we see today. Yeah, so definitely, definitely. I think this is what uh, is highlighted from what you've just said that mm-hmm. um, how important it is sometimes to actually from your own pocket mm-hmm. to sacrifice what you have yeah exactly and uh, you know you'll you'll see the fruits fruits of yeah, it much later definitely yeah no definitely we see Mary Curie now such an established um, foundation and we also see in the same way uh, the, the London Mosque and our community obviously flourishing all over all around the world yeah. and just uh, connecting with the with the charity kind of talk we, 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 are, we are also aware of Humanity First which is also a charity who is is, is, is an independent uh, charity and has its own mandate and strategies at the same time but it was actually originally founded uh, by the Ahmadi Muslim community um, if I'm not mistaken the the fourth successor of the Prophet Messiah mm. um um, uh, Hazrat uh, Mirza Tahir Ahmad um, may Allah uh, have mercy on him um, it was uh, founded by him and uh, it continues to be managed by Ahmadi Muslims by by, vol- by volunteers of the Ahmadi Muslim community and again through what, what, what we were talking about the, the financial sacrifice part through financial contributions other and other means uh, Ahmadi Muslims across the globe support the efforts of Humanity First so that it can increase the scope of its humanitarian projects and further its reach. Again, you know, just a beautiful, um, beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful uh, charity that we see, and they have very, they have their own initiatives as well. Um, and uh, we see that in every society, people are suffering with poverty and loneliness, or even mental health issues. And Humanity First supports the most vulnerable to accelerate their ability to fend for themselves. Um, we have, uh, sorry, the the, the Humanity First. Re- um, uh, charity have many initiatives and regimes as well. Um, most recent, they have this uh, homeless shelter bus in Paris, mm. and they also have this bu- uh, this sorry uh, older people as well. So um, they, they have a lot of initiatives as well, and um, yeah, it's just amazing that um, us um, as in, in in general humans we, we we try to get to get to get get to feel that kind of you know emotion, you know, empathy um, on a human level. Um, and then we all do this as uh, us as Muslims to reach and to seek the pleasure of God Almighty. Absolutely, and uh, you know this is what uh, the the Prophet himself. If we look at his example. Yeah. Um, the Prophet of Islam. He was a champion. Um, he championed the rights of all people, mm-hmm. of all races, and of all beliefs. And he was a source of unparalleled mercy and grace for all mankind. From every pore and fibre of his being gushed forth an internal spring of love and compassion for humanity. For example, on one occasion the Prophet himself, he said that, I am with the weak, because aiding the weak and the poor is the means of reaching Allah the Almighty. And uh, we we see that even the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, mm-hmm. He himself had a place, he said that my state is such that if someone is in distress, whilst I am engaged in obligatory prayers and I hear their grief, it is my adherent desire to break the prayer and to try to help that person and to shower with them with as much love as possible. So such a 
beautiful um, quote of yeah. the promised Messiah, peace be upon him as well, on yeah. serving humanity. He says that if someone is in distress, then he would even break his prayer for that cause. Yeah. So we're just going to be taking the 8 o'clock uh, news break and we'll be back shortly after that to continue this topic. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining in this morning. Uh, Voice of Islam Radio today is Friday. The time is four minutes past eight, just Reaching five minutes past eight right now as we speak. That's it. It's hit five minutes past eight. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We were just talking about um, the charity Mary Curie and uh, how the Ahmadi Muslim community, uh, the Ahmadi Muslim Youth Association in particular, they donated um, 750 baskets to the cause, to Mary Curie. A wonderful, wonderful charity as we have previously expounded. Um, and we had uh, Mr. Edson as well, um, part of um, our, our 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 as uh, as our guest as well, who imparted us with amazing knowledge about uh, Mary Curie as well, and uh, their upcoming events. Um, as he said, March is their um, you know, flagship flagship month where they do a lot of work, and they also have uh, other events ongoing throughout the year as well. So definitely urge our listeners to get involved with Mary Curie and in any initiative as well any any charity events i think i think that's i think that's the main thing that um the main reason why we try to promote these charities just to get involved you know just to get out and just to make sure that um, you know just helping out the community as much as we can and this is something that we alluded to you know you alluded to towards i think we were pre- pretty blatant um that uh, this is actually part of our faith um, us as muslims when we when we practice, when we preach, when we, when we try to take part in these initiatives, this is part of our faith. We we, we try to. This is our belief that enable, um, well, us um, helping out the community uh, is actually, um, in, in in turn, we are, we are gaining pleasure um, of Allah Almighty, of God Almighty. So this is something that is just within us, ingrained within us. It's in our veins, just to help out the community as much as we can. And this is, this is the true Islam. This is what we do, isn't that right, uh, Brother Tukiria? Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, before the um, break, we were listening to some of the quotes of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, yeah. but also some of the quotes of the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another beautiful quote of the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, and he says that to help a brother in their time of need or difficulty is it is utterly immoral and wrong. So the promised Messiah here, he highlights that if uh, a brother of yours um, is in difficulty, then it is your utmost duty that you help that individual. Um, so this is the teachings of Islam that, uh, you know, as a, as a Muslim, that uh, we, should, we should help our brothers and sisters. And uh, with that... Uh, we can uh, we can get our next uh, guest on. We are joined by Akbar Bhatt, who is the Amdi Muslim Youth Association UK's Director for Charity and Welfare. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me on. It's wonderful to get you on, and you know, we, we did. Uh, see this uh, particular it- article which was 
very much highlighted as well even uh, uh, you know the it was the independent independent newspaper they highlighted some of the great initiatives the um, the muslim youth association doing is doing in donating 750 gift baskets um so tell us a bit more about this initiative how did it happen how did it how did it start off sure uh, absolutely so um uh, it's something that we've uh, been running for the past couple of years now. Uh, the um, festive gift basket initiative uh, is something whereby we've, um, uh, as an initiative uh, across the country, uh, is the case whereby, well, especially towards the winter period time, it's a special time for many people, uh, especially since childhood, where they've associated it to be a festive sort of period for them. But sadly enough, uh, whatever the current situation is, because they're elderly and lonely, whether they're going through a tough time financially uh, or for whatever reason, this time of the year is an incredibly tough one for them. Mm. So uh, here was us as an organization that thought of this initiative whereby we would go out there and uh, and request uh, individuals uh, to nominate people that might be going through a tough time. Mm. And what we do is uh, is give them a free gift basket during this sort of uh, uh, festive period, essentially over December. So, as you can uh, as you can see, you know, we received a lot of interest uh, across the country, um, and uh, and also we received a lot of uh, attention as well. You highlighted, of course, uh, uh, the independent uh, news article as well. Mm. We published across ITV, uh, the Evening Standard, mm. Mm. Uh, and across over 400 uh, other radio stations as well. It's, you know, we received a whole amount of attention actually with this particular initiative. And I think the standout part of it is the fact that as as a Muslim organization, though of course we don't celebrate Christmas, um, it is the case whereby, you know, at this time of the year especially, you know, we are going that extra mile to try and make sure we're supporting those that are, you know, really going through a tough time at this moment. Absolutely, you know, and, and it's, it is absolutely amazing. It's a great initiative. And... Correct me if I'm wrong. This is something which the Amdi Muslim Youth Association does on a yearly basis. Every year, uh, this this initiative takes place, right? Yeah. So we have a winter campaign that runs every year. It's been running for years upon years. Mm. This particular initiative we've been running, especially for the last, I would say, two to three years across the country. Mm. Uh, beforehand, we we filed actually in a number of places across the country uh, on a more regional perspective. Uh, but for the last few years, we've been running this nationally, and uh, like I said, it's been receiving a lot of attention. Mm. Fantastic. And uh, Brother Akbar, if you can also tell us, what was the some of the reaction from those individuals when uh, you know they did receive the gift baskets? Because you mentioned that a lot of these individuals are maybe at care homes, and you know they probably haven't seen their loved ones for a very long time, but... To see is to see a member of the Amdi Muslim community yeah. on this special day for them. You know, they they w- must be overjoyed. So, what was the some of the reaction that you, you had? Yeah, I mean, the, some of the reactions that we receive, some of the stories we receive, are very overwhelming, very emotional as well. Uh, as you highlighted as well, these are people that are going through, of course, uh, you know, a uh, very tough situation or they're suffering from loneliness. So, when they see us at the doorstep. Uh, some of the reactions are really, you know, you can see all the emotional, you, know, you can see all the, uh, the that smile that we want to give to people. You see that straight away, actually, when you know when you see us at the doorstep. Um, you know, I could share some of the stories that you know we, we received. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. just read out one comment actually from one person. She goes, 
you know, I will spend Christmas alone in nobody. Uh, your kind gift has made today and tomorrow the best I've had in a long time. Oh, wow. Thanks wow. again. Wow. Uh, there's another side. I've been another comment here. I've got, uh, it says, i like to say thank you so, so much for your help and support and for making me and my kids, and my kids Christmas better. Um, you know, these are just like honestly, this is the tip of the iceberg uh, comments that you know I've got in front of me. Mm. Uh, I could share another story of actually something that I was only aware of actually uh, after New Year's. There was one elderly uh, lady. We we uh, went out to deliver a free gift basket to her as well. Uh, the person who nominated her had already informed her, uh, informed us, sorry, that mm -hmm. this is likely going to be her last Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because she's uh, she's terminally ill with cancer, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, a few days ago we received the news actually she's actually passed away now as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and this lady who donated her was basically saying to us, you know, thank you so much for doing this because one of her last few good memories she had leading up to her death was us doing this. Uh, and she was you know ever grateful that you know we we were an organisation. Uh, providing and, and doing something like this, you know, during this time of the year. Hmm. So, like I said, these are just some of the many stories that we've received, you know, uh, from this initiative. Oh, so that's amazing, you know. That I, th I, th I think that's that, that makes it all worthwhile, you know, when you get that smile, when you see these stories um, coming in as well. Um, thank you so much, uh, Akbar, uh, Brother Akbar. Um, so my question is, um, the motto of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is love for all, hatred for none, as as we're all aware, uh, love for all, hatred for none. Um, I just wanted to know, how does this align with the teachings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of love be upon him? You know, love for all, hatred for none, you know, for us as members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Association, you know, it's just showcasing that our first initial reaction and natural instinct is to show love and compassion to all. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's our, you know, that's the whole ethos behind actually this motto yeah. itself. And it completely aligns with, with you know, the actions and the, and the doings and the sayings that we, we you know, we know of, of Holy Prophet, peace be, upon, mm -hmm. peace be upon him as well. You know, he was titled, of course, as uh, Mercy for All the Worlds. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this, this particular initiative in its own respect actually, you know, wants the same sort of sentiments whereby we're showing love and compassion to all. Mm. You know, I mentioned already, of course, you know, uh, Christmas isn't something that we celebrate, but actually we appreciate the fact that this is uh, a time of the year whereby people have always associated it with a lot of happiness, with a lot, with a lot of joy, but sadly enough, in a situation at the moment whereby they they are not, you know, they're not in, in, a, in a state of joy or happiness. Mm -hmm. So here is us, you know, fully... Uh, so our motto of showing love for all, showing compassion to all, yeah. uh, and going the extra step and, and, and providing the happiness. So that beautifully explained, uh, Brother Akbar, definitely. Um, just just kind of bouncing off of this, um, in what ways have Muslims been taught to help others? And how can one m make the part of one's life? Absolutely. I think, you know, we always say um, a certain uh, certain narrations of, of uh, you know, that we've been taught through Islam, things such as, you know, um, you know loyalty to one's nation is part of faith, mm. um, you know, servitude to, to others is, you know, is imperial in, in terms of, you know, it's imperative, sorry, in terms of, you know, us being a Muslim, yes. you know, in terms of whatever way of aspect that we can 
uh, try and, and support those that are around us, whether it's on a local grassroots level, mm-hmm. all the way up to you know providing initiatives, you know, from a nationwide perspective as mm-hmm. per this as well. Now that's exactly what most Muslims have been taught to do: to spread love, to spread compassion to others yeah. as well, and you know, be the forefront <laughs> of that. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, just, just connecting off with what you were saying regarding servitude and just serving the community and serving um just serving in general as well um us as muslims we've been told to serve our community um in what other ways uh, does the ahmadiyya muslim community serve the community yeah no, great question i mean you know uh, us as an organization especially the ahmadiyya muslim youth association you know the, the whole uh, ethos behind the organization is of course to serve our communities yeah. uh, and you know that's done especially from a charity and welfare perspective in many four ways uh, we're, we're discussing today just what project that comes under our community support program mm-hmm. now there's six other programs that also the Muslim Youth Association under its, char- you know, under its charities wing uh, delivers on whether that's providing support um, you know, in terms of food donations, whether that's providing support on sustainability-based projects such as tree planting and other sort of initiatives, yeah. whether that's to do with, with healthcare support through blood donations. You know, these are all you know, ways that we are trying to our utmost to serve the community. And you know, the whole part of it is so that actually our youth members mm-hmm. that span from a very young age to, to of course, uh, 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 to a middle uh, and senior age, yeah. uh, you know, continuously, regardless of what their educational background is, regardless of what their profession is, you know, always give time towards what yeah. they're doing, always are giving time towards giving back to their local communities, yeah. uh, and and you know, from a from a from a local level, all up to, to to you know, across the country, uh, and that's exactly how the Indian Muslim community serves others, you know, across this country. Oh, definitely. No, that's uh, very beautifully put. You know, we can definitely hear again. Um, I, I feel all the charity workers, you know, like, do you want you sacrifice your time? You know, you hear the passion uh, within um, within within their voice, you know, that that that, that kind of um, that zeal. That, and, I, and I hear I hear that zeal in your voice as well. Uh, Brother Akbar, thank you so much. Um, I asked the same question to uh, Mr. Edson as well. Um, is there anything else in the pipeline? You know, next few months. You know, it's going to be busy. Um, even right now, it's a winter period. You know, it's, it's difficult times right now. Um, any any other things that we can look forward to in the next upcoming months? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean um, in terms of the winter campaign itself, that's still uh, coming up towards its end now. Uh, well, we say it's the winter campaign, you know, between December and January in particular. You know, there's a whole host of types of initiatives we're doing across the country. Uh, whether it is collection for for uh, for food banks, mm-hmm. you know, us as an organisation, we've targeted the fact that you know we would aim to collect at least ten tons of food across mm. the country for oh, food wow. banks. Uh, so a pretty hefty target that we've yeah. almost achieved as well. Uh, we've just come up, come up, of course, the the newest street clean as well. That's yeah. you know, a whole you know massive operation involving almost two thousand youth members in that sense. Um, you know, we've got you know meals that have been giving out to the homeless mm-hmm. this particular month as well. Uh, that's being equated to a couple of thousand at this moment in time. So this time of the year, as you've highlighted already, is an incredibly busy time of the year. Yeah. So it's the time of the year, especially whereby there's a lot of need out there, especially with the challenges of the weather. Mm-hmm. The weather itself, of course, these past couple of weeks and what we're seeing in the forecast in the coming weeks as well is to be of uh, quite uh, concerning nature as well. Yeah. We've seen some flooding already, 
We've got some cold, cold snap of the weather as well coming. And, you know, uh, here, uh, here's us as, a, as an organisation, as a youth organisation, you know, ensuring that we're at the forefront of trying to support, you know, any such um, situations that can arise. Spectacular. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, taking your time out this morning and, you know, importing this uh, upon us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Um, have a great morning. Have a great day. And uh, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Exactly. Thank you very much. Exactly. Thank you. So uh, that was uh, Brother Akbar Butt, who is the UK, sorry, the Ahmadiyya Muslim Youth Association's uh, Director for Charity and Welfare. And, um, you know, like, it's very good to hear, you know, um, passionate people. We had Mr. Edson on as well. Yeah. And uh, not Akbar, uh, Brother Akbar as well. So, you know, just amazing just to hear uh, their stories and uh, them imparting, you know, the, these kind of, uh, you know, uh, no, yep. absolutely. I mean, the the thing is, the 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 touching thing which I particularly liked was that Akbar mentioned some of the comments of individuals yeah. and uh, especially the comment of the lady who she said that maybe this is the last uh, last Christmas, yeah. you know, that she'll probably get to celebrate and the fact that it was memorable yeah. that the community members they went there and they gave her a gift basket. Yeah. Um, and she she was very pleased with that, but it's it just goes to show you the situation as well, Imam Jalis, that uh, there are elderly out there. Um, you know, even on Christmas Day, mm. uh, they probably don't have any loved ones who yeah. come and visit them. So it is very important that yeah. um, the community steps forward, and you know, they they do show their love and appreciation yeah. as well, and just out of humanity. Um, you know, sees these individuals as well, and uh, I guess from listening f- to Akbar as well, um, even though you know it was a great drive, great initiative, and a lot of hard work was put into it, mm-hmm. um, just to see the smile on those faces, yeah, made it all worthwhile. That's it. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And no, I could, I could imagine. Uh, uh, I, I'm unfortunately I wasn't part of the the team who gave out the baskets um, with this. Um, I, I, I I brought the ba- baskets um, from from uh, Mitcham, so where they were being made uh, in, in one of our mosques over there. Um, as, uh, and uh, I brought them back to um, uh, South Southeast London, where I'm, where I'm based. Mm. And uh, that's where I kind of um, just passed it on to other members um, of our community. And then they went out and they started and, and they delivered. And I think they must have got an amazing feedback as well. And they definitely did, actually. Um, definitely. And just, yeah, again, just, just, just reiterating what you said, um, Brother Akbar, uh, he uh, he had amazing feedback, and uh, I guess as you said, it makes it all worthwhile, you know, or that sacrificing that time. And I saw these guys working in in the mosque in in, in Bethel Hassan and 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 what they were doing is is amazing, you know. Everyone's running about making sure the basket is perfect, and the baskets mm. look beautiful. Yeah. Baskets look beautiful, and uh, they, you could tell they they they, they really cherish that time together and you know uh, they're going to look back and they're like it's, it's, it's perfectly fine we, we, we don't mind spending a whole day making these baskets because these elderly these, these people who are in need they are going to be very very happy when they receive these baskets so definitely uh, I think it's, as you said it makes it all worthwhile Absolutely. Uh, so if you do want to uh, get in touch if you do want to uh, mention anything remember you can do so by calling us on 208 um, or you can even uh, tweet to us at Voice of Islam UK. Um, you can you can uh, leave your comments on the tweets, or you know just mention that, and uh, you know we don't mind even uh, reading that out. 
or to listen to any of the shows uh, such as our drive time show our breakfast show which is in the mornings from 7am to 9am um our weekend mall shows so you can tune in to all of these shows as well on voiceofislam.co.uk interestingly uh, imam jalis um, during the annual convention we did a program um we did, we did a program uh, at the annual convention on voice of islam and uh, we had a doctor who came in from australia um and he talked about some of the work he's been doing and uh, uh some of the community work he's been doing so he actually later wrote an article for for our magazine as well mm-hmm. so we've even uh, at the end of the magazine we've even given a qr code uh to voice of islam that whoever wants to uh listen to his interview can tune into that and uh, listen to the interview so yeah uh, do tune into uh the shows and give us your feedback uh, we'd love to hear from you so yeah so we're moving on now to the second segment and uh, we're looking at the news with regards to the Australian cr- cricketer Usman Khwaja who has accused the International Cricket Council ICC of uh, double standard and uh, this time after being denied permission to display the image of a dove of peace on his bat in solidarity with Gaza so usman khwaja he planned to show his support for palestine by decorating his bat with a image of a dove accompanied by the message of zero of of udhr which is a reference to the article of the universal declaration of human rights which states that human rights are universal and in alienable um and you know meaning that the rights are mm. every every single individual in the world has a right to that and according to the australian newspaper the icc has accused him to allow him to display uh this image on his bat and the icc code of conduct forbids players from wearing displaying or conveying messages through armbands yeah. or other items on clothing or equipment without prior approval especially for political religious or racial issue causes however um khwaja he and his supporters they point out that this rule has not stopped other players from displaying messages in the past for example west indies players were permitted to wear black lives matter logos on their shirts during a test series against England in 2020 mm-hmm. um and you know we we often see uh, imam jalis players they do uh, display um our uh, freedom of expression they have at many times even in football you know we we had the world cup qatar yeah. world cup and uh, a lot of the players they were wearing the armbands as well the you know the rainbow color yeah. armbands yeah. to to show their support so players have always shown uh they through freedom of expression they've always yeah. expressed um these important values yeah. so it is it is quite um what would you take of this uh, oh, coming I, coming across this yeah, uh, I, news I, i guess um uh, face value is quite um interesting it's, it's kind of uh, speaks about um kind of double standards as you, as you mentioned there were uh, there, there was an uproar regarding the rainbow uh, rainbow um, armbands um a lot of footballers um kind of you know spoke um against it because uh, the the Qatar World Cup they actually the 
the uh, the association over there, they rejected the notion of wearing rainbow um, rainbow armbands, and this this caused major uproar. They say, well, well, why is this? This is, this is against freedom of expression. But then when um, something like this happens, when when uh, um, uh, Khwaja, uh, Usman Khwaja, who's, uh, who's uh, I, I believe a practicing Muslim, if he wants to express his his um, his right, as as uh, as the West would put it, um, of freedom of expression, then that's not um, they're they're not going to let that happen. And this is this, this is um, I, I, I feel sports is actually quite like uh, they, they're involved in this quite a lot. Um, I believe uh, I think I think even last year uh, I don't know if they're still doing it, but in the Premier League I do believe, and even in the Champions League, in particular. Um, the the corner goalposts, the flags over there, they were of Ukraine flags, and and oh, okay. and, and and that was okay. permitted. And I do believe, um, I think it was uh, last year at the end of last year, there was a Liverpool Liverpool match um, in the Premier League, and uh, one gentleman raised a Palestinian flag, and uh, one of the stewards he approached this gentleman and said, "You have to take it down. You have to take it down." I remember this watching this uh, mm. watching this video, and he said, the, the, "The person holding the Palestinian flag, he said that you didn't say this when I was holding a Ukraine flag, or someone else was you holding a Ukraine flag." And the steward felt so helpless. He said, "Like, yeah, I understand. That's the same thing that I said to them. It's the same thing. You're trying to make his case, case. You know, I I already I already put this forward. This is kind of double standards, but this is what what we've been told to do. So." Um, yeah, I feel this is slightly double standards. And if if, if you're going to promote freedom of expression, freedom of speech, then why not do it all around? You know, kind of blanket it instead of having specific you know points where no, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm, I'm not gonna um, apply it to this 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 little minority here, but I'm gonna apply it to every other every other individual. And and I I guess just bouncing back from what you've just said, Imam Jalis, is that a lot of the times we do come across some of the Scandinavian countries. Yeah. Uh, that are burning the Holy Quran. Yeah. Um, you know, they're saying a lot of hurtful yeah. things regarding uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And yeah. they do this all out of the expression or the title freedom of religion. Yeah. And they say that because of freedom of religion, we can express how we feel. Um, and we we need to feel if we if we feel that this is what Islam is, mm-hmm. then we should be able to practice doing what we do yeah. uh, i.e. burning the Holy Quran or saying hurtful sentiments regarding the Prophet himself but what I'm trying to say here is that the authorities let them have that space yeah. where they can make that yeah. where they can express that but you know when, when someone is highlighting the fact what's going on in it, Palestine is wrong yeah they're being condemned for that reason. Absolutely, absolutely you know, you know yeah just, just again again, bouncing off of what you just said right now um uh, as as you're aware, I'm from, I'm from Scotland, and there's two major teams in Scotland: yeah. um, the Rangers and Celtic. Yeah. And uh, growing up, I wasn't really inclined to one or the other, even though I I do feel that I was more of a Rangers fan yeah. than anything. But there's, I have great respect for Celtic Football Club. Um, their heritage is uh, deeply rooted in Ireland, mm. and um, I'm not sure if you're aware about this uh, or um, if you're aware of this, but their Irish heritage um, is the reason why they hold Palestinian flags up in their matches. And um, a recent uh, Champions League match um, against Atletico Madrid, I believe, um, all of the fans, you know, they're holding up Palestinian flags, all of them. And, and Celtic uh, Parkhead, the, the stadium, it 
is packed. When it's full, it's full, and mm. it's amazing atmosphere. And everyone is holding up a Palestinian flag, and they're they're singing a very well known song, um, known to a lot of Liverpool fans. You will never walk alone, and they're singing that for mm. the Palestinians, you know, in mm. solidarity with mm. the with the Palestinian people. And uh, Celtic Football Club were fined nineteen thousand pounds for this. Well, wow. so. And uh, yeah, so again, we, we, this is highlighting again, like if, if if the West is preaching about freedom of speech, then why are? I mean, this is fairly old news, but the 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 the, the Celtic so the Celtic Football Club have been doing this for some time now. Mm. Um, whenever whenever they get the chance, they raise the flag mm. um, of, of 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 Palestine, and they end up getting fined, and they end up getting hurt. However, um, there were times. There were times in the, the the UEFA Champions League. So UEFA is the is the offshoot um, for the European side of football, um, um, mainly heading the you know the Champions League and the Conference League and the Europa League and whatnot. And uh, there was a match. I believe it was Salzburg. Um, yes, Salzburg. Uh, uh, Bayern Munich and Salzburg. And. Uh, the, yeah, that, that, and it's the same thing I mentioned. The corner flags were Ukraine, and, and even in normal matches, people hold up Ukraine flags, and even the armbands some people wear as Ukraine, uh, as, as, as with the Ukraine colours and the Ukraine, mm. um, as, as in the Ukraine flag, um, in their arm uh, on their arms. So, um, I mean, if that is if that's permitted, then surely the Palestinian flag shouldn't be any other, mm. um, mm. Uh, any, uh, shouldn't be any different. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the Osman Khwaza just touching upon the cricketer. I mean, he he didn't he, he didn't even put a Palestinian flag on his back. Instead, he put a dove, uh, um, a common sign of freedom. So mm. surely this shouldn't be much of an issue. It's, it's just preaching about freedom, and yeah. It's, yeah. it's exactly what the West preaches about freedom, freedom mm. of expression. So mm. surely it shouldn't mean um, that that much of an issue, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll we'll get more on this. Uh, we do have an expert who will be joining us. Uh, Professor Bill Borrowing and uh, just wanted to read out his introduction as well before we do get him on. So Professor Bill Borrowing, he is, teaches human rights at international law at uh, Brixbeck College, University of London. Since 2006, he's a practicing barrister since 1974 and he has represented applicants at the European Court of Human Rights. He has acted as a consultant an expert for the United Nations Council of Europe, organizations for security and cooperation in Europe, uh, European Union, and the UK government. And he founded uh, in 2003 the hum- European Human Rights Advocacy Center. And he, is also, uh, he has also over 150 publications. And in 2017, he was awarded a fellowship of the Academy of Social Sciences for his work on Russia, so just yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, to you know really ask him some of these um, important questions. Yeah, definitely, right. definitely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, I think as I was uh, touching upon the Irish heritage side of Celtic, um, I think I think it's worth mentioning about um, how or why um, those who live in Ireland they're so. Um, uh, they're, 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 they're supporters of, of, of Palestine um, and the reason for that is because if you go back to the 1800s um, Ireland was actually colonised by, by the British and it was under British control and during this time um, there was a very well known famine of Ireland um, that, uh, that caused a million deaths um, around about that time and uh, Britain's rule over Ireland was, uh, was referred to as inadequate um, over Ireland because at that time even though the famine was occurring um, 
the, the Britain continued uh, exporting food from Ireland during this time. And this, this is, it, was, it was a really rough time for Ireland, uh, right, right about the 1800s. Um, at that point, um, the, the, the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, his name was Abdul Majid, he, um, of which Palestine was also a part of the Ottoman Empire around about that time, he offered £10,000 to be given to Ireland. And uh, f- funnily enough, um, or maybe not even funnily enough, maybe just surprisingly, Queen Victoria intervened because she had given £2,000. So she said that don't give £10,000, give £1,000. Because if you give £10,000, it will embarrass me. Um, or it will be embarrassing for me that I've only given 2000 while you're giving £10,000. Um, but the, the, the Sultan uh, of the Ottoman Empire, he didn't listen. So he said that, no, I'm going to send £10,000. And on top of that, five ships of grain, food and medicine was also sent towards Ireland. So what the English did was, the English um, at the shipyard, at the dockyard, they kind of, um, uh, they they rejected the ship. Um, and uh, But what they did was, they, secret, uh, uh, they secretly arrived and unloaded at Drogheda Harbour. And uh, this is this is the, the, this is where the the the, the pride or the, the the connection with the Palestine comes because uh, I feel or it, 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 it is of common knowledge that Ireland kind of went through this similar similar time during this during this um, this this time of famine when they were more or less being oppressed you know being suffocated because of the the their their people were dying the innocent were dying and even then the british kind of um took advantage of that but this was again this was in the 1800s um and uh you know even to this day quite an interesting so droheda harbor um they have a football team droheda united and their emblem um still bears the the ottoman star and the Crescent as well, um, just kind of ded- dedicating the efforts of the Ottoman Empire at that time, you know, assisting them. So this is why uh, the, 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 the Irish and with, with, with the connection with Celtic, as in it, it kind of um, um, stems from. It's, uh, it's, it's really interesting, really beautiful that the Ottoman Empire and the, the, the Sultan Abdul Majid kind of uh, sacrificed all that money and um, all those resources for Ireland. And just uh, it just shows even to this day, Ireland, uh, you, you you might even see some pictures in Palestine where the, the the children or even the 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 men over there, the people over there, holding Ireland flags. Mm. So it just shows that connection, that love, that you know, that bond that they've they've had for some time now. Wow, well, yeah. I, I actually didn't know this. Yeah. First time I'm uh, learning. Yeah, this is very interesting. Yeah, you l- learn something new every day. <laughs> definitely, <yeah. laughs> absolutely. That's the, that's the way it goes. We try to try, try to do our best in Voice of Islam Radio Breakfast Show. Amazing. So you know we we are um, looking at uh, the human rights as well. So the international <coughs> human rights treaties uh, and the true Sharia of Islam, they do not merely put forward a list of rights. They also offer guidance as to how these rights should be exercised, and they call upon individuals to enjoy their rights according to the principles of respect, dignity, peace, equality, justice compassion and unity and in order to build a more beautiful world and the true sharia of islam it calls upon individuals to exercise their rights and freedom in order to foster and promote universal respect dignity peace equality justice kindness and kingship and the holy prophet of islam peace be upon him he famously commanded his companions to exercise the highest standard of respect He said, and I quote, that, O people, surely your blood, your property, and your honor are as sacred and inviolable as the sanctity and inviolability of this day. That is the day of her pilgrimage. 
and according to the the holy quran humanity has been imbued with innate dignity and thus it it is provided uh, it it mentions as well and I'll quote this verse that in chapter 119 verse 120 that it says in the name of Allah the gracious the merciful it is provided for thee that thou wilt not hunger therein nor wilt that uh, thou be naked and that thou will not thirst therein nor will uh, will thou be exposed to the sun so mm-hmm. further the true sharia calls humanity to the highest standards of peaceful coexistence and harmony um and uh, this is w- what we find from uh, when we study the holy quran as well in islamic requires humanity to aspire to a complete equality and remove all remnants of discrimination and prejudice so i, I just want to highlight that um we do have our um, professor uh, bill boring on with us and as i mentioned earlier as well uh, that uh, professor bill boring he teaches humanity rights and international law at uh, brooksbeck college in university of london london and he has been teaching there since 2006 uh, good morning to you professor and uh, thank you for joining us this morning good morning thank you thank you for joining us um it's a very interesting topic that we are discussing um on freedom of speech and exactly you know to what extent can we say that uh, this rule applies to uh, to the individual within the society so i wanted to firstly ask you that where does uh, this phrase where does it see, sit legally and is it in national international civil or criminal law So uh Britain is still a, a member of the Council of Europe and has ratified the European Convention on Human Rights. <coughs> and Article 10 of the European Convention on Human Rights is freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, a standard which applies to most countries in Europe and in the United States it's the uh, uh first amendment to the American Constitution. uh but the american and british and european approaches are completely different. Hmm. Great, thank you so much for that. And uh what is the difference between freedom of speech and freedom of expression? What's your opinion on that? Uh no difference. So it includes freedom of freedom of speech of course, so uh because you can't really express yourself without talking. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between freedom of uh, expression or freedom of speech on the one hand and freedom of thought on the on the other uh because nobody can stop you thinking what you're thinking uh but the moment you uh, express that and we human beings we do it with our voices and professor I wanted to get your opinion on uh, this recent article um this is regarding the Australian cricketer Usman Khwaja um in which you know that in he was planning on putting an image of a dove of peace on his bat in solidarity uh with Gaza and because of that he was condemned uh by the ICC the International Cricket Council what's your what's your views on that do you think uh, he was right to be sanctioned or what what are your views on that well so there are rules in quite a number of bodies so it goes uh, differs from country to country 
Uh, so there are countries like France, uh, which try to be very strict on expression of religious identity. So this is not speech, but uh, wearing uh, particular clothing or wearing particular symbols. And then it's uh, the right to freedom of expression has to be balanced against the interests of uh, other people and of society. And that can be a difficult one to balance. In the United States, it's different because um, there is absolute freedom of expression, but not much respect for other human rights. In Australia, this would be a question of the rules of the ICC. And I think there would be strong arguments for saying uh, that a symbol on a cricket bat should not be something which um, means that someone's going to be excluded. Uh, but I suspect that there is a limit, for example, on uh, what kind of symbols you could have, let's say, in a university or in a school um, or even on the street, depending on what was the nature of those symbols. And these issues arise, of course, when there are the big demonstrations in support of uh, Palestine hmm. in London or in other cities. Hmm, absolutely. I was just uh, speaking with my colleague as well earlier that, uh, you know, we see that especially in the in the Scandinavian countries as well. Uh, a lot of the times we, we, there are demonstrations where uh, some individuals, you know, they our freedom of expression, they feel the need to burn the copy of the Holy Quran or uh, even uh, if they want to say hurtful things regarding the Prophet and out of the clause freedom of expression they they have the jurisdiction to actually perform mm. those demonstrations is it not uh, double standard that uh, you know when now when we see in, in the world that you know people are showing the flag of palestine or they are showing showing their solidarity towards those brothers and sisters there is restrictions from certain countries I think each country is different, of course, <clears throat> and has its own laws. But in Europe, um, and this is uh, 800 million people covered by the European Convention on Human Rights, there is a right to freedom of expression, uh, including um, symbols, including wearing things, including what you say. Mm. And uh, that has to, as I said, has to be balanced against uh, uh, interests of law and order, of um, effect on other people and so on. So in England, uh, carrying Palestinian flags, so I was on the big demonstration uh, a few Saturdays ago, yeah. and it was a sea of uh, Palestinian flags, and nobody attempted to stop them. Um, what you could be arrested for in London would be an overt expression of support for Hamas, um, which is a prohibited organization. And in Britain, since the 1930s, we've had very strong laws preventing the wearing of political uniforms. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the Nazis, of course. Uh, because in England in the 1930s, there was an equivalent of the Nazi black shirts. Um, it was the, the English fascists. Mm -hmm. And they, of course, tried to launch attacks on the Jewish population in the east of London. And so there are now laws saying that it's not uh, legal to wear a political uniform. 
Hmm. So I think that now in every country, when people want to express their solidarity with uh, Palestinians, of course, there are some countries, I mean, in Germany, for example, uh, there has been a, an attempt to prohibit, to ban altogether demonstrations of support. Now, hmm. uh, that hasn't succeeded. Uh, luckily, in Britain, so far, uh, enormous demonstrations have taken place mm. yeah, with very few people arrested, but uh, let, let's see. And, of course, we have people in the government who would very much like to see any open uh, demonstration of support for Palestine to be banned. But so far, that hasn't happened, though. Yes. Um, peace be upon you, uh, Mr. Bill. Thank you so much, Professor Bill, uh, for, Thank you. Thank you. For, for, for for joining us this morning. I really appreciate you taking <laughs> out your time. Okay. Um, I, I, my, my question would be that um, how could controlling the limits of absolute freedom benefit or harm society? I think absolute freedom cannot be because absolute freedom uh, would include freedom to harm other people. Uh, and so I, I think that that's where society has to try and uh, draw a line. But I think in general, particularly where political or religious issues are concerned, people should have the absolute maximum freedom to express their feelings and their views. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I, previously, I was just mentioning, mentioning about how, um, uh, for example, we were mentioning about this particular cricketer. Um, um, but also, we, we look at sports, and I, I spoke about Celtic uh, Football Club in particular, and how they were yeah. fined. Um, so I, I just wanted to ask about the authorities and different governing bodies. Um, so we see UEFA, they, they, they were fining uh, Celtic Football Club for their, um, again, their, their presentation of support of, of, of Palestine. So um, could, could you shed some light upon this and how authorities have the the... Um, the jurisdiction to, 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 to find others? Again, I think it's uh, <clears throat> for different organisations to set their own rules. Mm. And do you remember that there was uh, a big controversy over uh, footballers bending the knee yep. in Black Lives Matter? Yeah. And I think the view of most people was that no, footballers should absolutely be uh, permitted to uh, do that because what harm does it cause to anybody? Mm -hmm. And I think similarly with demonstrations of sports in football matches, uh, if it's a question of Palestine flags or of uh, uh, chanting or that kind of thing, then I personally can see no reason why there should be a prohibition on people doing that. But of course, you know, this uh, then <clears throat> brings up to the surface. Uh, for example, Islamophobia, which exists in Britain and in other countries, uh, which is um, a kind of uh, completely irrational prejudice, uh, but sadly it's uh, held by quite a lot of people. Yeah. And so there's going to be a conflict. But I think the freedom of expressing your uh, views, that is the freedom of expression, um, that that must in, that must actually go as far as it possibly can, and it's very hard to mm. uh, stop people from expressing their thoughts. Of course, you know people will express their thoughts. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I understand. Thank you so much for uh, beautifully expanding on that. Thank you so much uh, for joining us as well this morning. I really appreciate you taking your time out this morning, Professor Bill. Oh, it's a great pleasure. And uh, peace be upon you and uh, have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. So that was uh, Professor Bill uh, Borrowing um, who came on the show. And uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he teaches human rights and international law at the Brixbeck College at University of London. Um, so thank you for that very interesting interview. And uh, it's good to get insight from Definitely, him yeah. as well on... Uh, on the on the expression of freedom of religion and you know exactly how can we you know through that how much can we really say you know yeah. and uh, what wh- what does it mean what's the boundaries around that yeah. so uh, that 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 itself is uh, is very interesting um and uh, you know we've we've uh, i think we've pretty much covered the whole aspect of freedom of religion yeah. and uh you know as we are talking about uh the the situation of the palestinians mm-hmm. i thought it's very important to highlight what <coughs> what his holiness has yeah. said regarding this issue and uh his holiness um he has said uh, that the leaders of western nations that they do not wish to act with justice regarding mm-hmm. the situation and he mentioned this in uh, in his Friday sermons earlier yeah. in on when the when uh, you know the situation escalated on the twenty first of October two thousand twenty three, mm. and he said that nor do they have the courage to speak up, and he said that we as Ahmadi members of the community we should get up, uh, we should not be caught up in debates about which country uh, have good leaders and which do not, what they should say or not, and these are all futile or conversations and he said that until someone does not stand up with courage to try and bring an end to this war then they are responsible for leading the world towards destruction his holiness said that along with prayers everyone should try to create an atmosphere of spreading the message that injustice must be brought to an end and Ahmadis should try to relay this message to anyone they have connections with and this this is true courage and this is the standard of acting according to the commands of Allah the Almighty. Furthermore, His Holiness said that we must pray a great deal and try to spread the message of justice around us. We should pray for the oppressed Muslims and that Allah the Almighty enables Muslim worlds to take a united stance and we should have a distinct pain for the difficulties of Muslims to be elevated. It's such a beautiful message of uh, His Holiness yeah. that, uh, you know, sp- especially during this time that our main objective right now is that we should try to end this cruelty which is happening over there and whatever yeah. within our circles we should highlight, uh, you know, that wherever ge- mm-hmm. injustice may take place, we should condemn it in the in yeah. the best possible way. Yeah. You know, it's there's a very interesting um, verse of the Holy Quran Hmm. Um, I I don't have it in front of me, but the the verse of the Holy Quran is that if there are three nations, yeah, and uh, two of the nations are fighting amongst each other, yeah, 
and uh, one of them is the oppressor and one of them the is the oppressed mm-hmm. then the third nation which is there yeah. he should try to intervene within that situation yeah. and uh, they should try to stop the hand of the oppressor yeah. now that means is that through wisdom they should try to console them and try to get them to understand yeah. that what they're doing is wrong yeah no absolutely and yeah. uh, it's such a beautiful uh, you know this is a, such a beautiful verse of the holy quran yeah Uh, it says that uh, even the hand of the pressure should try you should try to stop it and yeah. uh, if there is uh, if the parties have agreed and there there is peace yeah. it says then then after the peace whichever party then retaliates and mm. tries to spread injustice then yeah. everyone all of the parties should get together and stop the yeah. the oppression there and then yeah. So you know the when we look at these verses uh, there is so much great wisdom behind yeah. that. No absolutely yes so this is exactly what you said um Islam tries its best to spread uh, justice and end uh, injustice and unfairness. Um and this is something that um our beloved uh, um his his holiness uh, the fifth uh, successor of the promised messiah Uh, may Allah strengthen his hand uh, he is he has mentioned numerous times um in his friday sermon and i also believe i think it's worth touching upon that his holiness um shows such great care for for the palestinian people you know I, not not just the palestinian people i think i think just muslims and generally people all around the world but i think in particular um since these uh since these atrocities began um beloved uh, sorry his holiness has uh, has 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 had a special um he, he 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 places a special amount of time at the end of his sermon each friday which he delivers and he mentions about the palestinian people and and how they're suffering and what we can do to help um and uh, and what the what the western nations or those nations who are in power um what 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 they are doing and what 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 they shouldn't be doing and i do remember um one of his state states um one of his um, quotes was that uh, along with prayers everyone should try and create an atmosphere of spreading the message that injustices must be brought to an end and ahmadis should try to relay this message to anyone they have connections with and this is true courage and this is the standard of acting according to the commands of allah again you know just beautifully you know having having such care for the palestinian people and making sure these injustices do come to an end absolutely and i think with that uh, we'd like to conclude the show uh, we wanted to thank firstly the producer uh, maliha abdullah for uh, you know for a great production and her team of researchers basma latif kutsi award uh, for your great work um, also we'd like to thank uh, edson musanda for joining us this morning also akbar but um, Uh, for for joining on and explaining some of the work the MD Muslim Youth Association doing and lastly professor bill boring as well uh, for joining in the morning and sharing his expertise on this particular subject uh, we'd also like to thank the tech team in the background brother armagan and uh, brother brother uh, sharif in the background uh, for their hard work and lastly to the listeners as well thank you for tuning in um and you know as as we always mention that please do give us your feedback um you know you can call us on 0286877878 um or you can tweet to us at voice of islam 
UK or you can go on our website for more information on www.voiceofislam.co.uk uh, yeah do let us know your mm-hmm. feedback what you think of the show how we can make improvements and we will um, we will try to implement on that so it's uh, until next time uh, from here from the studio Voice of Islam is Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh may the peace and blessing of Allah the Almighty be upon you all